The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here. I am here. And Washington has their new head coach, Dan Quinn, hired to be their new head coach. As of the recording of this podcast, I don't see Tommy anywhere out there news on the length of the deal or the contract um, uh, value. Uh, I'm sure somebody will have the number of years. I had Adam Schefter on the show, on the radio show a little while ago. And I didn't ask him that. I should have. Um, but he has not tweeted that out, so the answer probably would have been that he did not know that. But, um, yeah, we finally got here. Washington, the last of the teams with head coaching vacancies to hire their head coach, and it is Dan Quinn. So let's just start there with our reactions. Go ahead. You go first. Look, I don't have some kind of built-in uh, animosity towards hiring a defensive coach with coaching experience. The hated word retread, like people like to use. Okay, I don't have, that doesn't bother me in the least. Dan Quinn, from all counts, fits the mold of what they want as a leader. Okay, I mean, both Harris and Peters made that clear when they spoke to reporters that that was a valuable uh, asset for them you know, in, in, in picking a coach. Uh, so that said, they fumbled this process so poorly. Oh, God. I mean, they, they should have been the first team to hire their first choice. Instead, they were the last team in the room to hire a guy. And they should have been first. Why? People knew weeks ago. People knew if, if Josh Harris didn't know by October that he was going to fire Ron Rivera then that's a disappointment as an owner. I mean, now maybe they should have hired, fired Rivera in December it, since it took them this long to get the process going. They should have been number one, and they were last. Why? Why should they, they have, have been have number one? But why guy? should they have been number one? I don't understand the value because of being number they one. Knew, they knew this, their, their coach was going to be fired. He was gone. So they should have just hired Dan Quinn, like at the end of the. Well, he was coaching. You know, the Cowboys were in the postseason. I'm not. They didn't get eliminated until two and a half weeks ago. We're we're a month away uh, uh, out from the end of the season, Kevin. Who should they have been? Who should they have hired first before anybody else hired a coach? Who? 
Who, who was available? Quinn was their coach. That's the guy they should have hired. Okay, well, that would have been two and a half weeks ago. I guess that would have probably been – would that have been the first hire? I don't know if it would have been the first. I just don't see the value in being the first. I don't know why that's important to you. It speaks to this this convoluted process that they came up with. What convoluted uh, process? Why was it convoluted? Was. This, this whole, why? This whole Explain. search thing was a joke. They <laughs> lost their number one choice or at least their perceived number one choice. The other guy who they might have hired, you know, got hired in Seattle before they even got a chance to. They got caught short in this thing. And they're lucky they got Dan Quinn. Um, you still haven't explained to me why there would have been huge value in being first, but, but I'll move on from that. Um, what I know and what I reported here a week and a half ago is that he was their plan B if Ben Johnson fell through. So he was near the top of the list. And I think what we've learned here in the last couple of days is maybe the perception of Ben Johnson being the front runner was not necessarily matching up with reality. And ultimately they probably dodged a bullet with a guy that was kind of too chicken to be a head coach. Um, Quinn was near the top of the list. Uh, Their team got eliminated two and a half weeks ago, so they couldn't have hired him before January 15th or 16th or whatever. And I think they wanted to hire the general manager first, which was their first hire. um, And they got the top dog on the uh, the market. Um, People seem to think that they have botched this coaching process. Not everybody. Um, You seem to think they've botched it. I would definitely have more of a feeling of this didn't go very well if they also didn't get any of their top candidates on the GM search. But they did. They got their number one guy there. And, yeah, it's possible that they didn't get their number one guy, but I wouldn't call that a botch, not getting your number one guy. It's possible that maybe even they didn't get their number one or number two guys. I still wouldn't refer to that as a botch. Remember, Tommy, this is still a shit stadium, shit facilities, bad roster with holes all over it. Um, And for a lot of coaches that are young and -and up-and-comers, they don't remember Washington as any sort of marquee franchise. Maybe the opening wasn't the best opening. Maybe it was the third or fourth best opening, um, as it turns out. I I don't think that this... I just don't think this was botched at all. Uh, I think if you want to say they didn't get their number one guy, well, prove it to me that they didn't get their number one guy. I'm not suggesting that you're wrong because oh, I do on think. Now. You could say I could say that to you about every single thing that you talk about on here. Don't start with this proven you're... stuff. Nobody knows anything for sure. Okay, good. I'm glad you admitted that. So you just admitted that you're not sure that they blew it on their number one guy. Um, I, I'm not s- saying that there there isn't a chance that they didn't blow it on their number one guy, but if their number one guy was Ben Johnson and that's what they were waiting for, at this point, based on you know what we kind of know to a certain degree, Schefter alluded to it with me on radio, they dodged a bullet by not getting their number one guy. He doesn't well, feel he's ready to get a head coach. Before. Why? Based on what they knew last year, based on the fact that one of their, quote, highly valued consultants is the brother of the Detroit CEO, Chris Spielman, they should have known how screwed up Ben Johnson was. 
Well, screwed up is not necessarily the way I would describe it either. I do think he's been a bit preoccupied over the last month. Um, and the way he explained it to his elite wide receiver and the way I guess he's also explained it now a couple times to other people is that, you know, he the, the season didn't end until late Sunday night. And that's when it became, you know, a focus for him on these different opportunities that existed. And Adam sort of suggested that it wasn't Seattle or it wasn't Washington. It was just not what he wanted to be right now, a head coach. I guess you're right, especially the Spielman connection. Maybe somebody should have said to Rick and the search committee, this guy may not want to be a head coach. He's kind of waffling, you know. We don't. We don't. I don't. He, I mean, and he's not the. He's, he's got, not the leader that you want. The maybe. From yeah. That last year. Yeah. And, and, and by he the went way, through this last year with the guy. And ba- by the way, it's very possible that he wasn't their number one because of that. But they wanted to sit down with him, and maybe they wanted to sit down with Mike McDonald as well. And maybe McDonald was their number one. And McDonald looked at Seattle's roster and said. That's a much better defensive roster, and it's young, uh, and preferred that over Washington. I don't know. I just know this for sure. This is what I do know for sure. Dan Quinn was not, like, way down the list, and as they botched it and they stumbled all over themselves for the last couple of weeks, somebody said, hey, this dude Dan Quinn's coached before. Let's get him. He's still out there. He's a name. It's not the way it went. Dan Quinn was always a possibility right from the beginning. I was told that, and I shared that with you and everybody else here a week and a half ago. For whatever reason, nobody remembers it. I guess you have to tweet it out for it to be remembered. Um, But uh, this was always a possibility. Schefter confirmed, uh, confirmed that with me this morning, saying he was a possibility from the jump, and there was always a preference, and he did say this, First-time GM, not a first-time head coach to go with the first-time GM. And he said they were blown away throughout the process with the number of recommendations that came in for Dan Quinn. Uh, Quinn was not a botched result, in my opinion, at all. Um, but if you want to describe it way, describe it that way, that's fine. What do we think of the hire Listen, now that it's done? What, this is what's – wait a minute, one last thing. At the introductory press conference – for Dan Quinn, there will be questions about not being the first choice. Okay, and and that's not what you. That's that. I tell you what. To use a Bruce Allen term, that's not winning off the field. That's losing the press conference right there, where you're 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 first hire as the coach for this team. And, and, and there's already questions whether he was the guy you really wanted in the first place. <laughs> and That'll be out there. And so, what do you think the answer will be? Well, sure, they'll come up with you know, some kind. I mean, Dan Quinn, he's a smart guy. He'll come up with some kind of very, you know, positive answer. Josh Harris will blow it, blow it off, saying, no, Dan Quinn was always our number one choice. You know, some kind of BS like that. But, I mean, you know, the, the, the perception is different. If I told you three weeks ago, they're going to get the number one and the hottest GM candidate in a few years in Adam Peters, and they're going to get their second or third choice as a head coach. Is that a winning start for this Josh Harris ownership in 2024, first year of, of, of having control over the football operation? It's half a loaf, buddy. You think it's a half a loaf? 
Why do you think Half that they? Loaf. Why do you think that they should have gotten their first choice? Well, I mean, the process was uh, if Dan Quinn wasn't their first choice, and they weren't able to get their first choice, then this so-called search committee was a failure. A search committee not landing the top choice makes it a failure. Yes. Okay. But why do you think you that they should? You the consultants to okay. make a big deal out of it. If you, if you want to describe it as a failure, why do you think, okay, as a critical thinking columnist and reporter, why do you think they couldn't get their first choice? If that's indeed what I happened. I tell you what. I, here's what I think happened. They, they, they magnified the importance of their selection process more than the selection itself. In that one press conference when they talked about the search committee. Yes. Haven't heard anything about the search committee basically since. So it was magn yeah. it certainly was magnified in your mind as yes. as the sole focus. Look at how many great I people we have looking for our next GM and our next By the way, the search committee that ha that other half of the loaf was pretty damn tasty. Uh, it was fresh as yes. hell to get Adam Peters. So yes, it was. I would if if I were coming in and being the uh, audit uh, auditor of the search committee's job, I would say got the top GM candidate. That was the most important hire, and you got your second or third choice on the head coach. Not bad. Certainly not botched. I would never – how could you describe it that way? Okay. They, it looks like they got the last guy in the room. But that's not true. How do you know? I told you that I knew this a week and a half ago. Yeah, but, 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 I know that, but, but what you're told – and what reality is, okay. two different things. Fair enough. Adam Schefter said he was at near the top of the list right from the jump. Is that better? Who's going to say, no, this is... Uh, Adam Schefter is never going to say, okay. no, this, this was uh, you not know, on anyone. To be Look, honest I with think, you, that's not, even, guys, that's not even important. The, the, important right. the important thing is, I, again, what makes you think that the worst stadium in the league... Less than the ideal uh, facilities out in Ashburn, a roster that's got holes all over the place, uh, you know, a, an organization that still, from for younger people anyway, probably is viewed as you know, kind of not that great, not that storied. What makes you think that they should have gotten their first choice? Why? Because this was over the sold Chargers on the connections. This was sold on the, on the connections. Uh, of the search committee. That's how they got the Adam old Peters. Bob Myers, Spielman thing. That's how really? they got. Is that why? I think they so. Didn't get, they didn't get Adam Adam Peters without, without Bob Myers. Please. Oh, I, I don't know. I think Bob Myers was probably helpful in landing Adam Peters. Yeah, yes. he made he he was able to make a local phone call. Yeah, well, he knows Adam Peters, so uh -huh. he didn't. He had a, he he certainly had his number handy. And so they've, they've, they know each other. So, yeah, it's very possible that Bob Myers was helpful. It's also possible, as you think you're 100% you're, you're right about, but I'm not going to dispute it, that it's possible that Josh Harris could have landed Adam Peters without Bob Myers. That's true, too. But he went for, hey, let me help have somebody who I know and I'm friendly with 
who's also friendly with a guy that we, we may want to hire as a GM, let me make him part of the search committee. It can't hurt. And maybe it didn't hurt. Okay. Let's get to Dan Quinn. Yeah. Um, on that press conference, by the way, uh, the question shouldn't be, you're, you're suggesting that somebody ask Dan Quinn, how does it feel to have been the organization's there will be, not, not top there, choice? Or would you have that question for Peters? To, there, there will be questions either to Peters or if Josh Harris is up there to Harris about the process and the failure of it. Yeah. Well, my recommendation to them would be to answer the question saying, who said he wasn't our top choice? Who do you think our top choice was? There you go. (laughs) I mean, why? what what makes you you believe that he wasn't our top choice? They didn't offer a contract to anybody that we know of. Nobody's reported that yet. I, no, if, nobody has. So if somebody actually reports that Washington offered Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald or Anthony Weaver or, you know, Aaron Glenn or anybody else a contract, then we'll know for sure Dan Quinn wasn't the first choice. We will know that for okay, sure. So they were flying they were they were flying to Detroit just for airline miles just for their second interview. Look, I'm not saying that he was their first choice. I'm just saying What's the point? Why would it? Why would anybody think they would get their first choice? It, they, it's not. It, there were more attractive openings. I know we all talked ourselves into Washington being this incredible job opening, but around the league, when they ranked the job openings, Washington was typically third, fourth, or fifth. They weren't number one. The Chargers were always number one in terms of the the number one opportunity. A lot of people like the Atlanta opportunity a lot more than Washington's. I just don't know why the expectation should have been, well, they should land their top choice. I, I mean, sometimes you don't get your top choice. I mean, that's why you have all these candidates that you interview. If they were just going to get their top choice, why even interview anybody else? Um. All right, on Dan Quinn, I don't know. I'm uh, my mode right now. I hope you can appreciate this because not everybody can, but I don't really care. Is benefit of the doubt for as I said on the podcast yesterday, and I may have said to you the other day or last week. For 20 years, we haven't been able to give this organization the benefit of the doubt because they were wrong all the time. And so there was never a reason, only a moron would have given the organization the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because, first of all, they got the number one general manager on the market. And 16 days ago, God arrived from San Francisco to make the decisions on the football operation here in Washington. And then 16 days later, everybody's talking about him botching it. Uh, so that, that's curious to me, but I'm fine with sitting back and watching and letting these guys prove that they can either do it or can't do it. I have no reason to think that Dan Quinn is a great hire. I have no reason to think that Dan Quinn is a horrible hire. I do know this about Dan Quinn. He has really coached up some really good defenses in the NFL in Seattle In Atlanta, briefly, certainly in Dallas, where the last three years they've been top five, they've been fourth, fourth, and fifth in DVOA. 
They have led the league two of his three years in Dallas in takeaways. They were 13th this year. They were number one in 2021 and 2022 in takeaways. He's always been able to coach up a turnover-creating machine wherever he's been. Um, I know that he has been incredibly well-respected and well-liked by coaches and players. Um, I think I just saw something from Micah Parsons saying something about Dan Quinn. I had um, Mickey Spagnola, who's been with the Cowboys.com, covered the Cowboys for 40 years or whatever. Uh, He said that uh, Parsons and others are going to miss him terribly, that he was an incredible voice and leader in that locker room. We knew from day one of the Adam Peters uh, introductory that they were looking for a leader. I do not see this as Ron Rivera number two. Um, I do see the similarities that people see. Record, defensive guys, well-liked, well-respected, coached teams to Super Bowls and lost. Um, but there's a massive difference between Rivera and the Quinn situation. Rivera came to work for Dan Snyder, and he came to work as essentially a CEO coach GM. He didn't come here to be the head coach. He came here to be the head coach, the GM, and the head of the football operation. Dan Quinn is coming here to coach the team for what we hope is a much more functional organization than the one Rivera entered, and he's going to be reporting to a general manager. They'll work in collaboration with one another. We'll hear about aligned vision and collaboration and all of that, but there is a hierarchy here, and Josh Harris spelled it out. It's owner, it's general manager, and then it's going to be the head coach. And so, um, yeah, I'm... I've always liked Dan Quinn's defenses. The last impression was scary awful against Green Bay. There is no doubt about that. Um, And I would have preferred an offensive guy. I said that all along. I would have preferred in this day and age an offensive guy, especially given that we're going to draft a quarterback at number two overall. Uh, But I don't hate it. I am in benefit of the doubt mode. He's been successful. The structure around him, hopefully, is is a lot healthier. And what really will be crucial for whether or not Dan Quinn and Adam Peters succeed together here over the next few years is, A, who they draft at number two. Do they get it right? That's probably the most important thing left. And then, B, he really has to hire an excellent offensive coordinator because one of the things that happened in Atlanta is once Kyle was gone and Steve Sarkeesian was gone, he didn't have nearly the same level of success. Um, So OC, staff, which, by the way, I would imagine just because he's been in the league for 25 years – uh, perhaps he's better equipped to put a staff together than maybe a first-time head coach. Um, but that OC hire is going to be huge. And then, look, the bottom line is, and we've known this for a while, the quarterback that they take at number two will probably have more of an impact, or certainly as much as the general manager, on the franchise's success or lack thereof moving forward. What do you think of Dan Quinn, the hire? Not the process. I know people who uh, worked with Dan Quinn in Atlanta, and they loved him. They rave about him. Uh, tremendous respect, tremendous devotion from people who have worked with him. That said, 
these people also told me he was emotionally crushed by what happened in the Super Bowl. That you're blowing that 25 point lead. Yep. And it took him a while to get, he may not have gotten over it until he got fired and hired again in Dallas as defensive coordinator. It was that devastating. Well, they did go to the playoffs the next year, and they nearly got back to the NFC Championship game. Remember, that was the year that Philadelphia won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, and they lost a divisional round game after beating the Rams on the road in the Coliseum. That was Sean McVay's first uh, playoff team. They crushed the Rams. They went to Philadelphia, and Julio Jones had a touchdown pass with like under a minute to go in his hands in the end zone to beat the Eagles, which would have meant that the Eagles would not have gone on to win their first and only Super Bowl, and they would have been back in the NFC Championship game. So the next year, they were a pretty good team, is my point. Okay. Okay. But, but uh, people who I know who work with him to to sing his praises. As high, if, if they wanted a leader, they got a leader. They wanted a leader. They told us they wanted a leader. Should we yeah. should we not have believed them when they said that? No. Yeah. No. And I think it's become clear, has it not, or, or certainly as clear as it could be without knowing for sure, that Ben Johnson doesn't appear to be that kind of a leader anyway and maybe wasn't ready to be a leader? I would certainly agree with that. Um, okay. Well, what else? But again, something intelligence that should have been in their hands before they started the process. Well, maybe it was. Maybe it so was. What were they doing? Getting airline moms? What was the point? Well, you know, what were we... they going to do? Convince them that he really wanted to be a head coach? I mean, all they had to do was pick up the phone and call Mike Shanahan, and he would have told them. <laughs> That was the only call Josh Harris needed to make. Um, no, you I, know the ironic I, thing? The what? ironic thing? Both of these hires, you could have done just that. Uh, yeah, but, but let me just point out that one of the things we have heard going back to when it was possible that Josh Harris was going to be the new owner, Mitchell Rails was going to be involved, what did we hear about their, you know, process of making decisions? Very deliberative, very meticulous, very um, calculated, very thoughtful. You know, they cross every T, they dot every I, and you know, and and maybe you know, maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea that you end up with search committees and congressional committees and hearings and you know consensus building. Look, I was an entrepreneur in four different startups over a sixteen-year period, and it was much more decision by impulse a lot of the time, decision by gut, without worrying about you know what fifteen different people said. But that also led to a lot of bad decisions over the years, too. I learned from it. These guys are proven, you know, businessmen and billionaires and multiple businesses. And we were told from the beginning they were more, you know, kind of consensus, cautious, 
very conscious decision makers, that they were not impulsive. They weren't willy-nilly. So I, I, okay. I, that's what okay, we got. So I guess let, that's let, what we let got. Me, let me, yeah. Let me give them credit for having good penmanship then. Well, it's not penmanship, Tommy. It's not just about okay. good handwriting. Um, it's that that's how some people operate. Some people prefer to be super, super thorough. And they and by the way, I've been around people who wait and wait and wait. And they feel waiting and waiting and waiting actually is a benefit because so many things reveal themselves. And through interviews of more people that you don't think you're going to hire, um, and you've got your you know your eyes and you know affixed uh, on one person, you end up learning so much more, and it introduces you to other people. And pe- there are people like that that prefer that process. You as a know, lone ranger di- your but, whole but life, and different- yeah. There's different arenas where you where you operate like that, mm-hmm. and in a public arena where you have five or six other people vying for the same people, you know, being deliberate is is not a luxury you can afford. Uh, you know, th- that's that's one of the best points you've made today. <laughs> is that if if true that Dan Quinn and I believe it is true was really a guy that blew him away, that had uh, people basically calling in from all over saying, this is your guy. Um, If they really felt strongly about Dan Quinn, which I was told that they did, um, but they wanted to go through the process of checking out offensive guys like Slowick and 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 Ben Johnson, and they wanted to see what Mike McDonald was about and Anthony Weaver, et cetera, et cetera then they risked potentially losing Dan Quinn. Now, the only other team, Quinn was, you know, right from the jump, a name that everybody mentioned, right, you know, as a potential head coach. But really, ultimately, it was Seattle that seemed to be the most interested in Quinn, other than maybe Washington. Um, So maybe they just had a good feel of what the – uh, Dan Quinn market was, and they felt safe and waiting. I don't know, but if they had lost Quinn and they were introducing uh, Anthony Weaver uh, next week, early next week, um, and they, you know, and and they were, you know, hand wringing over losing Quinn, that would have been unfortunate. Um, but then again, he was, you know, choice number 18, according to a lot of people. So he was always going to be there. <laughs> Look, all, right. all this may work out. I have no reason to of think course. that Dan Quinn is not going to be a successful coach. Right. Okay. I have no reason to believe that there's any guarantee that he is going to have success or not have success. By the way, we should have even more uh, there should be even more mystery around Adam Peters. He's never done what he's doing right now uh, before. Uh, but because he was the best-looking blonde at the ball and Washington got him and he chose Washington, that was considered to be an absolute coup uh, in getting him. Um, and so yes. I – yeah. All right. Um we got other things we can get to, uh, but OC, staff, 
let's talk about some of the potential, you know, staff members. Let's do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want to celebrate Mardi Gras without going to the Big Easy? Well, mark your calendars. Due South and Navy Yard is throwing the hottest Mardi Gras party in town on Fat Tuesday, February 13th. Get ready to let the good times roll with their legendary Cajun buffet, live music, and beads galore. We're talking about the most authentic Mardi Gras experience outside of New Orleans, right here in the nation's capital. It's the party of the year. You don't want to miss it. Grab your friends. Bring your appetite. Join everybody at Due South for the ultimate Mardi Gras bash in February. That would be February 13th. Good times and great eats. That's how they do it down south, and they're bringing it to D.C. Learn more at DueSouthDC.com. And if you're just ever in that part of town, you live down there, you're down there uh, for a game, uh, a baseball game when baseball starts, Due South is a great place. Go grab a beer, grab dinner, grab lunch. You can find out all you need to know at DueSouth.com. So Tommy just made me aware of something that I was not aware of. Diana Rossini reported that Washington, here it is, during the hiring process in Washington, Diana Rossini, our old friend from Channel 4 who's with The Athletic now, during the hiring process in Washington, Bill Belichick was considered for the job per sources. The commander spoke with him, and he had support from some decision makers. In the end, Dan Quinn is their choice. Um, there was that first report, remember, from that guy. Everybody seemed to dismiss it. It was Jordan Schultz or whatever. I forget with whom he works. Uh but there was that report that Washington had reached out to um, – no, no, no. That was Harbaugh's agent. My fault. That was Harbaugh's agent. Uh, nobody really ever uh, suggested that they no, had well, any hey, interest in Belichick. Well, 
and here's the thing. Whenever any interest popped up, suggested by reporters, when people would contact the group, supposedly through their sources, they were always told, oh, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing to it. Yeah. It's not true. Not true. It's all you heard time and time again. We, that, that well, is, that's out, accurate when it came to Belichick. I was thinking more about Harbaugh there for a second. Yes, Belichick. No, if you believe ESPN and, and Diane Rossini, who I tend to believe, it is true. And not only is it true, she doesn't work she for said ESPN he had anymore. some support yeah. among decision makers. That's a bit of an alarming uh, little nugget there, that, that, that there were some people who wanted to hire Bill Why is Belichick. that alarming? Well, because that, I mean, who would those decision makers be? Would that be the general manager? Or would that be the owner or one of the owners? I, d- I don't know, but why would it be? Why would it be? Me, al- it? Why would it be alarming if some people wanted Bill Belichick and others didn't? It would be alarming to me if you had the chance to hire Bill Belichick. If people who who owned the team wanted to hire Bill Belichick, and they passed on it, maybe Belichick. Passed <laughs> They're twenty-something owners. Okay, decision makers. Okay. She said. First of all, by the way, Diana. I don't, I don't Diana think the works, guy on on the end of the bench is a decision maker. <laughs> Diana works for the Athletic now. She doesn't work for ESPN anymore. The Athletic. Um, I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, Diana, we we love Diana. She she does a great job. Um, so a, you're correct. Anytime Belichick came up, it was immediately dismissed as they have no interest in Belichick. Yes. And I'm talking more about the local. Reporting on it, um, I don't. Yes. I don't know how often I heard that nationally. Um, now, if she's correct that he was considered for the job, and as you said, and you were alarmed by that, there was there were there were supporters among the decision makers. Um, then Bill Belichick was considered. You know, seriously, if there were decision makers that actually said, if if Magic Johnson, as part of the search committee, uh, said. We got to talk to Bill Belichick. I don't know if you guys know this. He's won seven Super Bowls, and he's one of the greatest coaches said, of all time. That that said, yeah, I I think it would be it would have been malpractice not to consider Belichick. I at least consider him. I felt that way right from the jump. I I didn't understand all of the pushback to the idea of Bill Belichick, or at least considering him. Now. I don't. I don't have a problem with people that say I don't want a coach that's seventy-three years old, or I don't want a coach who you know right now wants total control because my preference would be the GM head coach structure. So I, that's that's a fair, reasonable pushback to Belichick. But the idea that some had that well, he's just not any good without Brady. I mean, that part to me was a bit of a reach, but yeah, I mean, look, if they didn't have the answer in October, um, as you suggest, Josh Harris should have had, um, then yeah, they should have, when they found out he wasn't going to coach in new England anymore, they should have, you know, discussed him in that large search committee. I mean, so I can't, it's just like the name thing, you know, back in July when I had people saying, a lot of local people saying, they're not even talking about it. I'm like, you must be an idiot to think that they're not talking about it. 
Of course they're talking about it. Of course it's been discussed. It's one of the biggest topics as it relates to this franchise. And by the way, a lot of the 38 owners or whatever the number is, 23 or whatever it is, are from here. Of course it is. It doesn't mean that they were going to do anything about it right then and there. It doesn't mean that you can't have other higher priorities. But there were people that said it hasn't even been discussed. Well, that's ridiculous to suggest to even think that way. Like, you just bought the Washington Commanders. You don't think that there's going to be a conversation among owners about the name? Um You don't think that somebody wouldn't have brought up Bill Belichick? Like, hey, he's available. Did you guys notice that he's available? Should we we at least bring him in and talk to him or talk to his agent to see if he'd be interested? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. I think they should have been interested in Harbaugh. I think they should should have been interested in Vrabel. Harbaugh was my first choice. I know. If I was picking... Harbaugh would have been my first choice and to run the whole thing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you have, to, you have to, you can't dismiss a guy like Belichick. I mean, the idea, for, for reasons you said, you may not like the idea of having your organization all consumed by Bill Belichick, uh, and, which probably would happen, uh, and I understand that. I get that as well. Um, the Vrabel thing, uh, who sent this to me? I think Kevin sent it to me. Kevin in Arlington sent me this story that the athletic wrote like two weeks ago on the, on the Vrabel Rand Carthon, Amy Strunk, the owner, um, situation there. It, it Vrabel apparently, it wasn't that he didn't get along with Rand Carthon, but he, initially told the owner he didn't think Carthon was ready to be a GM. He thought he was ready to be an assistant GM. Um, And then he wanted more control, and she didn't want it. Uh, And it fell apart. And then Link ran Carthon to Adam Peters. They were together in San Francisco. And that may be a reason they didn't bring in Vrabel. Although, just, you know, a caller brought this up. It may have been Pauly, who said... I don't want my owner and my new GM to not bring in somebody because it didn't work out for him with somebody that I worked with for a few years somewhere else when it's Mike Vrabel. Like, I should still give him a shot. I I wrote in my column, which you haven't read yet, my (laughs) column ends with... uh, You lectured me before the show. I've been a little bit busy today. I'm going to get to your column. I love... You want me to read it right now? Because I could read it right here in the air, probably. Yeah, sure. You could if you wanted to. But but listen, let me just say, at the end of the column, Mm -hmm. I point out that, you know, there have been no indications that they had any interest in Mike Vrabel. And I say... Somebody should form a committee to explain that one. Oh, Jesus God, you and the committees. You know, <laughs> you know what's so funny about you and the committee conversation. There have been times right. in my life, with in various situations, where I'm like, "No, we don't need a committee," and "No, we don't need to meet half day off site." This is a 60 minute tops meeting right here in our own conference room with four of us not 12 of us. And that was always my the path I would take in decision making. 
Um, so well, now I, you're more mature. No, I understand where you're coming <laughs> from. I just understand that there are many ways to do these things. And by the way, being more, you know, flying by the seat of my pants didn't always work out the way I wanted it to work out. Um, but anyway, uh, the staff's going to be important. Like the offensive coordinator. So let's look at this. First of all, he's most recently been in Dallas where Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator without play calling responsibilities because Mike McCarthy took that over when Kellen Moore went to Philadelphia. Um, So I don't think our fan base would love the combination of Dan Quinn and Brian Schottenheimer. I don't think it'll be Brian Schottenheimer. I'm just trying to put together like, you know, the connect the dots thing that you do. Yeah. Nikki Havala. Havala. I always pronounce her name wrong. Yeah. Javala. Okay. Uh, She tweeted out one possible name is Clint Kubiak, who is the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. Right. And Brian Greasy is on that staff, too, is the quarterback's coach. And he had, uh, you know, been given a lot of the. Uh, credit for drafting Brock Purdy and developing Brock Purdy. And that's another name that others uh, have talked about. Um, You know, you have so far, and one of the, by the way, arguments you could make for waiting this long to hire a guy that maybe you really liked is that you may have missed out on an OC that you liked. Kellen Moore went to Philadelphia. Arthur Smith went to Pittsburgh. Shane Waldron went to Chicago. Um, Zach Robinson, you know, from L.A. went to Atlanta with, you know, Raheem Morris after those hires were made. Um, I, 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 we've, we've thrown a lot of names out here over the last two or three shows, but I think you really do look at a place like San Francisco. And I'm sure that Dan Quinn had ideas, and I'm sure one of the reasons that they hired Dan Quinn is this aligned vision. We want to have an aligned vision, GM and head coach. I'm going to be looking for a leader, but I'm going to look for somebody that, you know, shares. And, you know, so these conversations have taken place. And maybe, maybe he's just waiting for the Super Bowl and Brian Greasy or Clint Kubiak is going to be the OC. Um, How how funny would it be if it was one of those guys and then the entire Washington power structure would be all Shanahan-related? Yeah, right. That would be so funny. But remember, Quinn hired. Like, like hi, rolling back Quinn, the clock. Quinn wasn't hired by a Shanahan uh, disciple. No, but, he actually he, hired he, one. He hired know, Shanahan, right, Kyle. Yeah. But it would all have a Shanahan connection, which we talk about endlessly about the ones that got away. And here we do. We roll back the clock. We're getting the gang back together. What What? <laughs> What if he went Scott Turner? What if he really liked Scott Turner? Can you imagine? Um, no, like uh, Scott Turner. His name is doesn't even come up, does it? No. Nah, like what the the uh, well because guy he's in, in Vegas. Of what I know, and I know he's in Vegas, but yeah. he's not even the offensive coordinator there. Right. Um, who is? Who did they hire for their offensive coordinator position? Pierce, I don't know, but it's not Pierce, Scott Turner. Pierce got the He's job. lower than that. I don't think they've hired an offensive coordinator yet. I think they're one of the you know new. I don't think they've hired an offensive coordinator yet. Um, actually, 
And I'm looking at it right now, and it doesn't look like they do have one. Um, yeah, I uh, – so, you know, we, we've mentioned a lot of names here. You know, there's a guy like Frank Reich who's been considered to be a guru. He would be an experienced guy. Again, the Carolina situation with Reich, there's a lot of Carolina people that have said that he wanted C.J. Stroud, but Tepper wanted Bryce Young. Um, and that, you know, got the whole situation off to, you know, it's almost like a Snyder, Dwayne Haskins situation. God rest his soul. Um, and, uh, you've got, uh, guys like Brian Greasy and Clint Kubiak and Cliff Kingsbury, which would be very interesting to me because Kingsbury is not a head coach, but everywhere he is coached, he has coached quarter quarterbacks up and he can coach offense um you know I threw out on the show yesterday Greg Roman and you draft Jaden Daniels but I don't see that obviously because Greg Roman didn't get a job after Baltimore let him go last year in part because while he is a brilliant run game uh, offensive coordinator and was great with dual threat quarterbacks receivers didn't want to play in his offense and by the way the fans just got tired of him um but this will be a really important hire, uh, you know, for 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 them. I, I would imagine they've got a lot of names, you know, that they're going to be going after. There are guys in Dallas like Joe Witt Jr., who's their pass game coordinator, um, that have been talked about. Um, there's Al Harris on the Dallas staff that's been talked about as a potential defensive coordinator. You know, the one thing that I hope doesn't happen and I should have looked this up before we started to record um I can probably look it up right now but I don't want the greatest strength of Dan Quinn to be put aside because he's now the head coach meaning I want him to be the defensive game planner designer and play caller that's what he's done at a very high level everywhere he's been and sometimes you hire the head coach for what he did as a coordinator, and then he doesn't do what he did best that got him the job. I have no problem with Dan Quinn being the defensive head coach and play caller. I think he can also handle being the leader and being you know the guy in charge overall. Uh, he's had some defenses, though, but, man, they need some talent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this will so be a – Are you going to read my column or not? On the air? said you were. <laughs> um, what were you, just BSing me? I don't know. I can do just that. Just me like you do? Hold on. Jahan Dotson, we welcome you with open arms to Micah Parsons, who said about Dan Quinn's future on January 11th, he might take me with him. You never know. <laughs> how, many, how many years until Micah Parsons becomes a free agent? I guess this is his fourth year upcoming right yeah i think so yeah um i'm not going to read your column on the air i would point everybody to you know tom's twitter account where you can read the column is there a specific part you just read some of it no, is there a specific no, part you'd like me to read it isn't no, that you, long you disappoint You've disappointed me enough by telling me you have not looked at my karaoke <laughs> performance. I have not looked at your karaoke I, performance I, either. I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do today at this point that's going to that's gonna repair the damage that's done. Oh, God. 
I, I hate disappointing you. It really, really tears me up inside. All right, we got other things to get to, which we will right after these words from a few of our sponsors. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Tommy, tell us about Shelly's. Well, you know, Shelly's back room, it's 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 a cigar lounge. It's a cigar lounge with a great menu of drinks and a great menu of food. Okay, but so it's not a sports bar, but there's a lot of sports overtones around Shelly's. And it's not your typical sports, quote, uh, bar theme in the sense that I'm not talking about banners of teams hanging up. I'm not talking about posters of players. I'm talking about the real thing. I'm talking about sports figures showing up at Shelley's back room to have their own smoke and their own drink. When Paul Pierce was in town for the Wizards, he was at Shelley's all the time. Dennis Rodman, yeah. whenever he comes to town, always makes a stop at Shelley's. Ron Darling, when, uh, when he's coming through town, usually makes a stop at Shelley's back room. It's that kind of place, okay, that attracts big names in sports passing through who are cigar smokers. Uh, I remember I used to take Jose Rio there when Rio worked for the Washington Nationals in the early days. And here's another way that it is a sports bar without being a sports bar. It might be one of the post-game headquarters for the Washington Capitals when they have home games. The Shelley's back room is filled with Capitals jerseys before a Caps game and after a Caps game. Uh, people talking about, you know, the game they just saw or excited about the chance to go down to the arena while the arena is still there, while the Caps are still there, to go to go see a game. Uh, Shelley's is usually uh, a must-stop for Caps fans as well. So while it's not a sports bar, it certainly has a sports personality to it. Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street Northwest in the district. Uh, a phenomenal place. Imagine just being there tonight. All the conversations about Dan Quinn. Yes. Um, yes. And that's what happens in a place like that. Uh, and, you know, they'll be talking about a lot of other things, too, including, you know, Zuckerberg's apology yesterday down on the hill. That was pretty compelling stuff. Hey, Tommy, how about this from Nikki Javala? With Quinn coming to Washington, Ron Rivera might be in play for the Cowboys defensive coordinator job <laughs> that would be wild i i i would that's not some, bet that's on something that jerry would do that's something jerry would do i wouldn't bet on that though i don't see uh, neither would i huh neither would i yeah but i could see jerry doing something like that um jerry likes names jerry does like names but you know he just shredded Ron's defense in the, I don't know. I, 
I could see Ron being a linebackers coach with some sort of associate head coach title somewhere on a staff. Um, I don't know that I see him being a defensive coordinator, but who knows? Uh, wish him the best. Um, there's there's another angle to the the Dan Quinn hiring that a lot of people seem to be obsessed with, and that is the idea that it's just a retread hire. And I got this, and I finally found who sent me this list. This guy Clark sent me a list of retread coaches. Don Shula was a retread coach. He was in Baltimore, as you know, Tommy, lost Super Bowl three to the Jets, came back and was a three-time Super Bowl winner with the Dolphins. Dick Vermeil lost a Super Bowl in Philly, came back, won one with the Rams. Dan Reeves lost a couple of Super Bowls in Denver, came back, got another team to the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Mike Holmgren went to multiple Super Bowls as a retread coach in Seattle. Uh, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick was in Cleveland before the Patriots hired that retread. Tony Dungy was a retread when he got hired in Indianapolis. Coughlin, retread hire. Jacksonville just got him to the playoffs. He's not any good. Pete Carroll, maybe the all-time retread from New England where he wasn't successful to Seattle. Gary Kubiak, Bruce Arians. Um, There is a long list of head coaches in NFL. The, the NBA and the NFL are different. When these NBA coaches keep getting hired, uh, rehired over and over again, they, remember Ke- how many times Kevin Lockery and Gene Shue got hired oh, back yeah. in the day? And look at Doc Rivers, you know? I mean, God, what a uh, nobody was watching it, but um, made another in-game strategic error last night as they lost to Portland. He's 0-2 as the head coach in Milwaukee. But the NFL's different. The NFL's different. There are plenty of examples of coaches in their second go-round having great success. Um, Mike Shanahan didn't here. Uh, Joe Gibbs didn't necessarily in his second <laughs> stint here. But I would nobody would have referred to either one of those two guys as retreads when they hired him. Um, I think, you know... The, the best kind of comps, like Coughlin would be a good comp. You know, Pete, Coughlin might be the best comp in terms of a coach who was defensive-oriented, who had some success. He didn't get Jacksonville to a Super Bowl, but he got, but he got him to an AFC championship game and was considered a retread hire. No, nobody would have been more of a retread hire than what our fans thought back in 2008 when it was possible that Jim Fossil was going to be. Uh, a retread hire. He never got that opportunity. Um, yeah. You know, the, early this morning before this news came out, I was concerned about I, – I, I, I wasn't – I was concerned about the possibility, even though I didn't think it was a probability, but just the possibility that the Dan Quinn pushback from fans and media people – would be an influencer on this large search committee or on somebody. Oh, my God. Uh, because, you know, there's some of the PTSD coming back for even somebody like me. Now, I talked about it earlier on the radio show before he was hired, but I said I don't think that's the case, and I have no reason to believe it's the case. But I do believe that Dan Quinn's been near the top of their list all along, and if they don't hire him, I would hate to think that it was, uh did you see what the reaction to Dan Quinn was? 
our fans. And look, they're trying to build a business, but the best way for them to build a business is to not listen to anybody on things like this. There are things for them to listen to fan reaction about, you know, like the name and things like that, you know, the uniforms, uh, you know, the type of concessions, the type of uh, stadium uh, amenities, that, that kind of thing, but not a head coaching hire. And, you know, it turns out they didn't, I don't think, uh, buckle to some of the um, people that uh, had a major problem with Dan Quinn and felt the whole process was botched if they hired Dan Quinn. Um, they they can now, you know, um, they'll be judged on this hire. But how long is it – how long before you can judge Josh Harris and Adam Peters on the head coach hiring – on everything they do here in this offseason. What's a reasonable amount of time for them to be allowed to run with this thing with some level of benefit of doubt? Okay, well, there's so, you know, that's not, you can't just put that in a nice little package because there's some things they could do in the first six games that would have you, you know, hiding your head in fear. I mean, it depends on what we're talking about here. When is it reasonable to have a strong opinion about the job that Josh Harris as an owner and Adam Peters as the lead football decision maker are doing? How much time do you give them? I'm not saying it needs to be in a nice, tidy package. I'm just asking you for, you know, give me a, a time frame that seems reasonable to you. To me, it's two years. I think two years before you can really be super critical or super positive, unless they've won the Super Bowl um, at that point, um, or you know, contended for the Super Bowl. You know, fortunately for you, fortunately for me, I don't have such restrictions. I don't either. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> Why would I have these so restrictions? I'm, judging, I'm just asking you. I'm judging them. I'm, ju- I'm judging them right from the get-go. Really? Yes. It was so. What is this like on the job training? No, it's not on the job training. But there are no results yet to measure. Are you going to measure them based off of one game of results? Based on no games of results? It sounds like you're ready to measure them on zero games played. I think they got to play some games before okay. I have a sense of whether or not they're doing a good job. And I would say okay, two two seasons of games because you've got to remake this roster. You're going to have a very young quarterback. I can't imagine at the end of this first year being super, super critical of the Adam Peters hire or any of the hires he makes. I think I could get to the point where I would be super positive. Like, let's just say they have – a D'Amico Ryan's Bobby Slowick, C.J. Stroud, Houston Texans first year. You know, I still think it would be premature, but I think, you know, we could at least say, hey, this seems to be on the right path. Seems to Now, for that to happen, it's less about Dan Quinn and much more about who they take at number two. Because the reason Houston was much better this year in a playoff team and a a team that won a playoff game is because of C.J. Stroud. They got it right, it would appear, at number two. 
that really is basically the ball game here. The next two years are going to be about who they take at number two more than anything else. Okay, um, well, you have to forgive me, uh, given my job, if I have opinions on what they do between now and the next two years. Well, I'm paid also, like you are, to have opinions. But to have okay. opinions based on you know nothing, the critical thinking there would be to come to the conclusion I don't have enough information to have a really good opinion. I think that's not a bad place to land, but... So you don't think each act in itself is worthy of judgment? Uh, harsh judgment or over-the-top praise judgment? No. Not at this point. Not until the, these people are in these, in these jobs, working in this organization with this group of people, and we start to see results which only happen when they start to play games. Unless, Tommy, unless they hire somebody that goes out and gets arrested in the first week or, you know, the first three weeks Dan Quinn and Adam Peters have the DEA knocking on their door. Like, things like that, obviously, we could judge. But other than that, no. I I need to see what it looks like on the field. Okay. Okay. I'm not bound by the same uh, bound. I don't have the same boundaries. I don't have the same boundaries either. I could I could say right now. I think it's a shitty hire. I think Adam Peters was a joke. I would have gone out and given Bill Belichick everything and let him do it. I, I could say that, but I don't. I don't know how it's all going to come together. Um, and so I don't know. Sometimes uh, I, I think it's okay to say you don't know. Um, but that's not how you feel. So, but then again, you always do know. You always do. Here's know. what I don't know. What? How can you give the short shrift to my first karaoke performance? Do you know what happened last night? No, just tell me. At Kenny D's. What? I got approached by a guy who Music is traveling producer. around Florida uh, at these karaoke things. And is putting together a record of performances. And, and, and is interested in what I do. What do you think of that? In what you do for a living or what yes. you do at a karaoke bar? At a karaoke thing. He's interested. His, his, name, his, his, his name is Sammy Panama. And he's with Elwatusi Records. Sammy Panama and Tommy Purify. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. This is you're being approached by a label. It sounds like, and he loved my performance last night. Okay, I'll put. I'll, I did. I did. I'll put I it did up Summer on the rain by by Johnny Rivers. I'll put so, it up. I mean, I got something going on down here, buddy. <laughs> this is awesome. This is. Can you imagine Tommy Lavero? It, it would be what what act would this be for you? This would be a second act or third act, fourth act. I mean, you've been you've been a reporter pretty much your whole life, but then you became a columnist. You've been a radio talk show host. You've been a podcast co-host. You've done a lot of things in your life, and now yes, you're going to be now you're going to. I mean, could you see yourself getting into a studio and pro- you know producing like three or four or five songs for an EP to put out this year? Well, I I. I I like my stuff raw with, with a live audience, you know. I don't think I'm a studio kind of guy. Are you going to be a singer-songwriter, or are you just going to do covers? 
karaoke style. I think I think I think I'm suited for covers at this point. Yeah. What do you think? What do I think? I haven't listened to this performance yet, which clearly has disappointed you. I'm going to put it up though on the I'm going to tag this show here in about 2 minutes with Tommy's karaoke performance or at least some of it. Um, but like I told you last year after some of your karaoke performances, I so respect the courage, but I think you should keep your day job. Oh, look what's happening now, buddy. <laughs> They're coming from all over. I mean, Panama. Yeah, I mean, we got, we got ECA and our guy with, with El Watusi records. Sammy pa- Panama, El Ta- what is it? It's, it's some Hawaiian label. El Watusi. El Watusi. All right. Let's do the Watusi. All right. You know, they don't have a website, so I'm a little worried about it. But, uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to have faith. I think, by the way, there was, um, there was a night where a buddy uh, uh, and, and I were, you know, it was a live music venue, and there was some band, and we were all hammered. And, you know, we go up and we, we introduced ourselves as, you know, two guys from some made-up, you know, record label thing and just, you know, <laughs> did that whole thing. So this could have been a total put-on uh, from Sammy Panama. Did Sammy Panama give you a card? Did he give you any information? No, no, he, just gave, no he just gave me his name and I wrote it down. Mm. But there were other people there who knew him at, 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 the, at the karaoke thing. He travels all around Florida at, at these karaoke things. Yo, he's looking for something new, something raw. Okay. Uh, I'll slap it on the end of the show and to I, make you happy. Everyone thinks I'm old and not raw, but apparently I'm new and raw. <laughs> you are new. You're fresh. Uh, let's just hope that you didn't botch it because it was a big spot with a record label in the house last night. At What's the name of the place again? Kenny, uh, Kenny D's? Kenny D's. Yeah. Kenny D's. Right, yeah, you know, uh, I'm wondering some night if I'm going to run into Jack Del Rio there sometime. But Jack lives down here. <laughs> How do you think he'll feel about you? Oh, I don't know. I, I tell you what, normally I could care less, but I recognize that Jack Del Rio is a legitimate badass, okay? And I, I was very hard on him. So uh, I, I'd rather not have that experience. But, you know, this, I mean, Kenny D's is a very well-known place down here. Did you know, and I didn't know this until today, did you know that Dan Quinn went to Salisbury? Yes. He, he played football at yes. Salisbury? That's, yes, he played for the Seagulls. That's awesome. I bet he hung, I bet he hung out at Secrets on down in OC. <laughs> I bet he knows all of the haunts in, you oh, know, Ocean City, but, you know, Bethany Rehoboth. He was quite the athlete. I think he was a track star as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he made his mark at Salisbury yeah. University. Um, he's familiar with the area. All right, we're done for the day. I'll be back tomorrow. Jay Gruden will be on the show. We'll get Jay's thoughts on Dan Quinn. Good job, Tommy. Here comes Tommy Purify last night in front of a big-time record label at Tommy D's. Kenny D's.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.